So I think uh, Hartley and Natalie are now uh, overseeing, what region is it? Northwest, Norwest is it? Northwest, the northwest part of Sydney, but also they are on the Sydney executive for the development of the vision that Pastor Phil has, which is for new services and campuses to start all over the Sydney area. So we're going to be meeting this week on Wednesday to that difficult uh, place to say Warunga. Um, Warunga actually is an Aboriginal word, as you mostly would gather, and it means my home. Uh, I've redefined that to our home. So we're going to start our home, C3 home, up in that place. Uh, also, there's a place called Warrawee next door, and uh, that actually means to stop, rest a while, which I think is fantastic for a church. Stop, rest a while, and then there's another place called Waitara, which means that it's a, uh, it's a, uh, a place of water and wide steps, uh, which is actually, uh, uh, correct me, because that's actually a Maori word, so correct me if I've got that wrong, but it means refreshing and wide steps. So it's a place that you can actually help people take bigger steps in life. And then there's Hornsby. You don't want to hear about Hornsby. <laughs> Hornsby actually means serpent and settlement. So it's just as well we're not planting in Hornsby. <laughs> if you want to know where the serpent is, he's up at that neck of the woods. <laughs> anyway, enough of that. As you can tell, I do a little bit of investigation before I step out. <laughs> what am I getting myself into? You know, it's all good. But um, it's great to see uh, Pastor Hartley and Natalie rising up because they are leaders of excellence and whenever there's excellence, it will always rise to the top. And uh, I'm just thrilled to see them giving more responsibility. I'm not sure they're that thrilled about receiving it, but, uh, but it's great because we're in good hands in them. So let's give another hand clap for your pastors. Fantastic. Look, the message that I'd like to uh, speak to you today is about freely receive, freely give. Everyone say freely receive, freely give. Uh, this comes from Matthew 10 and verse 8 and it's actually in context where Jesus is sending his disciples out to go into certain places and to basically preach the gospel, to heal the sick, to uh, bring deliverance where deliverance is needed. It's to do the work of the ministry and he says to them, freely you have received, freely give. And it's not like one or the other, we need both happening in our lives. The thing is, if we are measured in our receiving, we will be measured in our giving. If we are measured in our giving, we'll be measured in our receiving. A lot of people have difficulty in receiving from God. And it depends sometimes on our background. If we come from a background where it was not so much about grace, but about doing certain duties and ceremonies to be right before God, it can actually be a stumbling block to stand in a place of freedom in his grace, understanding that we have done nothing at all to earn our right to be in relationship with God, but it's everything that Jesus has done for us. And I think it's imperative as the church that we get to a place that we freely receive so that we can also freely give. Can you say amen? amen. Let's pray and then we'll launch into this message. Father, we thank you for this word Father, I pray that you will just minister to every life gathered in this place. 
Lord God, what needs to be received, Lord God, what needs to be adjusted, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just help me, that you would move through me, that you would fill my mouth, Lord God, with your anointing, Lord God, that you would guide my thoughts to communicate this message in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. There's a scripture in Romans 5.17, and I think that's going to come up on the screen. Romans 5.17, if you have your Bibles, look at that right now. If you have an iPad, press on the Bible app, not the Facebook app. Um, if you have an iPhone, do the same. If you haven't got a Bible because you've memorised it, that's okay. You can just follow me in your head with Romans 5.17. Excellent. For if by the one man's offence death reigned, speaking of Adam, through the one, much more those who received, everyone say receive, the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Those that receive by the abundance of grace, we have received the abundance of grace, not just a measure of grace, but the abundance of grace, an unlimited amount of grace. If you go to the ocean, I live at Avalon Beach, you look out the ocean, that represents the grace we received. All we have to do is jump in it. There's an abundance there. I never will go dry if I go to that ocean. I can jump in, get fully immersed because that represents the grace that God has given to my life. And through that, I received a gift, nothing that I've earned, nothing that I've actually had to do anything for, but just simply receive the gift of righteousness, which makes me stand right before God, makes you stand right before God, and through that we reign in this life. You are the church that is in authority. You are seated at the right hand of God according to Ephesians 2. And sometimes we may need to adjust the way we pray. Many of us are praying in a way that we're pleading with God to actually help our situation. God doesn't want that. He wants us to identify where we're seated. We're at the right hand of the Father in Christ where we can make declarations, where we can speak to our circumstances by the word that we've freely received and see adjustments and changes made. Can you say amen? Are you with me today? Are you excited? Very good. Let me explain it a little bit more like this. Now, I'm hoping to get to the second part about freely giving and uh, I will watch the time, Pastor Hartley. Um, there was, this is, there's obviously, you know, no resemblance, you know, this is purely coincidental if it sort of sounds like you, Mick, um, this story that I'm about to share, okay? But there's a guy called Mick Sabaticus. He actually died. He had a heart attack, but not this guy because he actually survived his one, which is good. Did you have a heart attack? Yeah, yeah, you did. Good to see you, Mick. I love you. Um, but this other guy, Mick Sabaticus, <laughs> he actually went to heaven and he came at the pearly gates and there was St Peter. And Mick Sabaticus, no resemblance to this man, but just in this fictional story, he asked St Peter, what must I do to get in? And he says, well, it depends what you did on earth. We work on a point system up here and depending on what you did on earth determines how many points you get. So what did you do, Mick Sabaticus? He said, well, I was faithful to the one church my whole life and I tithed every week. I said, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. For that, I'm going to give you one point. He says, one point. How many points do I need? You need 100 points. He's starting to perspire. So what else did you do, Mick Sabaticus? Well, I've 
faithfully pastored an Arabic community. No resemblance, of course. Faithfully pastored an Arabic community and uh, looked after them every week. That's fantastic. For that, I am going to give you two points. Now he's got three points. What else? What else did you do? You should give them all, but bear with me. What else did you do? He says, well, I was married to the one woman all my life. I was faithful to her every day of my life. Yes, that's true. But she was very beautiful and very delightful. So for that, I give you one point. Is there anything else you did? Well, I helped the poor and, uh, you know, I ran a soup kitchen. I don't know if that's the case, but anyway. (laughs) That's fantastic. For that, you've got two points. I think he's got, I don't know if you've been adding it up. It might be about six points right now. And he is run out of things that he has done for God. And now he is really concerned. And I said, is there anything, St. Peter, that is not me, St. Peter, anything else you did? He said, no, no, I can't get in except by the grace of God. Did you say grace? For grace I give you 100 points. Come on in. Come on, give a hand clap. Mick Sabaticus got in. This represents grace. We're in. It's a foundation. We don't have to do anything except receive it. When we receive it, we stand on grace. But on grace, we must build the work of God. We can't build the work of God in a way to earn our right to get into heaven, but we must build on the grace that we freely have received because that's the other part. It's not earning grace. It is being motivated by the grace that we receive freely. Can you see that today? So when we see this word receive right here, it's talking about accept, catch and hold. Everything is a gift, whether it's salvation, whether it's righteousness, whether it's life, the spirit, provision, great relationships. But in order to receive these things, it implies three things. The word is both passive and it's also, in a sense, aggressive, where we seize. And so the first part is that we... This is actually going to be more difficult having a handheld, but that's okay. The first part is we position ourselves to receive, okay? So to position yourself is with the revelation that you stand right before God. You stand freely there. But then there's this open-handedness that we need to have as well. We have to have an expectation. Ian Bound says that God pours forth his blessings to the level of our expectation. If we have low expectation, we will receive at a low level. But if we elevate our expectations, we can receive at a higher level. Can you see that today? So we position ourselves. Now there's a space between receiving and sorry, between the positioning of our souls for the promise and actually receiving that promise and that space is called patience. It's where we actually get developed by God. When we stand there and we are waiting but we're not moving, God is doing a work on the inside of us. Now, that's very important that he does a work on the inside of us because if he doesn't develop the character, we can't actually hold on to the promise he wants us to receive. Can you say amen? And so you wait and you wait until it comes. I caught it. Give me a hand clap, please. Come on. (laughs) I just realised it was going to be a bit difficult having a handheld mic. Not only that, this is a Melbourne Storm football. 
which is hardly a great illustration about receiving the promise of God, is it? More about receiving the curse. (laughs) Just kidding, any Melbourne Storm supporters here? God loves you very much. (laughs) I love you too. (laughs) Actually, I was going to bring my Manly Ringer football, but I thought there could be a stumbling block to some people here, obviously some Melbourne Storm supporters. But uh, yes, a holy he. Just catch that. Oh, good, see? Just, just perfect, perfect. Get on with it, Jake. Yes, okay, do that. We need then to hold on to what we've received. Understand God does not withhold any good thing from our lives. In 1 Timothy 6:17, God gives us richly all things to enjoy. In Psalm 103, 5, it says he satisfies our desires with good things. If we have a desire, he desires to satisfy that desire. That possibly didn't come out the best way, but you know what I'm saying. God does not withhold anything. Now, our job would try to make sure that we're not probating his blessings, that we don't have disclaimers erected in our thinking or clauses that we are imposing on receiving from God. Don't, Don't apply conditions that don't exist. There is nothing that God does not want to bless our lives with. He gives us richly all things to enjoy. All the promises of God, according to 2 Corinthians 1.20, are yes and amen. Today, now, no restrictions, no fine print. The promise is not from someone who reluctantly wants to fulfill his commandment. God is completely and utterly disposed to bless our life. Let's thank him for that today in Jesus' name. The very first thing that God did was bless man. When man was created, the very first thing, if you read in Genesis, he was blessed. The very first thing that God wants to do for our lives is bless our lives. You are valuable and you have a right to receive. Now, I'm sure that you've seen this illustration before. It does originate from Pastor Jake Betlam, uh, just in case someone else is showing you this illustration. But I just need to ask you the question, just to finish on this point about receiving. I want to ask the question, does anyone, would anyone like this $50 note? I'm offering it. You just need to put up your hand to receive it. Just put up your hand if you like it. I mean, if I was sitting there, my hand would be shooting up straight away. Free $50. See, a lot of you have a problem receiving. Does anyone like this $50 note as a gift? Thank you. Okay, sit down, relax. <laughs> Illustration's not over. <laughs> Okay, so you like this one. Can I ask the same question? Would anyone like this $50 note? Quickly, just show me your hand. Fantastic. Thank you for cooperating with me. Okay, this is a nice, clean $50 note. Let's take this one and mess it up a bit, okay? Let's just put it there. Let's get it under my shoe. Bit of good silver water dirt. Put it in a horrible place. <laughs> okay, now, now this one is not looking so good, Okay. It's a bit oppressed. It's been in some dark, horrible places in its life and it certainly hasn't had the opportunities that this one has. You can see this one is clean and crisp. Would you like this $50 note? Please put up your hand if you like it. Thank you. Okay, it's not available, okay? I'm just putting that one there. But who would want this dark, you know, trodden upon, smelly? Okay, point has been made. You don't mind which one you receive because nothing has changed in the value of both $50 notes. Now, this is the issue. This is the issue. A lot of us 
see our neighbour like this. Better opportunities, better education, you know, they just seem to have more things going for them in their life and we see our life like this. Maybe we have made some bad choices, we've ended up in some dark places, we've even ended up in some smelly places and we see ourselves as less value than the neighbour, therefore we put conditions on receiving from God. But you know today, God sees no difference in the value no matter what's happened in our past in Jesus' name. Now, if you behave yourself, I might give away that $50, depending on how engaged you are. The point is very simple. We can receive from God. And at the end of today, if you feel like you're being challenged in receiving from God for whatever blockages you may have, whatever's happened in your past, I would like to pray for you at the end of this service so that we can see that lift off your life and that you can get the revelation that the light, the entrance of the word would bring light about this particular area so it can set you free in Jesus' name. The question also is, is what we are reaching for, are we reaching out rather in the right direction? I mean, some of us can receive, but are we trying to receive the thing that is not going to actually help us? Some of us may want a healing, but what we really need to receive is a future where we're healthy. We may want money, but what we really need to receive is a vision. Because if we have a vision, money will come to support that vision. We may want to receive a relationship, but what we really need is a destiny. Because if you connect with your destiny, if you get on with serving in the house of God, serving the purposes of God, you'll find on that pathway is all the right relationships. Many years ago, just one more, we may want a promotion, but what we really need is to serve God Almighty. And when we serve, we will be elevated in our life, no matter what area or workplace you're in. There was a, uh, a girl many years ago that was uh, actually one of our bridesmaids, and she got open to God, she received Christ, but she was in a relationship that was going to be a compromise to what she really wanted for her life. Now, she was already maturing in years, she wanted kids, and the guy that she was with, a great guy, but he did not want to have children. Uh, he already had two children, is that correct? Yeah. So, she sort of had two kids through this relationship, but she, he didn't want any more children. And he wasn't following Christ. And Kerry told her that God's got a better plan for you. That if you continue to hold on to this relationship, it will be at the expense of the great plan that God has for your life. And so for her maturing in years, and you know, like, because the time is ticking over, she was quite fearful about letting go of this relationship. But she did. She was courageous. Shortly after that, I think she got the revelation that God had a man for her and she started making plans for her wedding, and almost within the month of when she expected to get married, she was married. And now she is in the house of God, and her kids are growing up in the house of God, and they are youth leaders at C3 Oxford Falls. All because, all because she was courageous enough to let go of what was really a compromise. What are we trying to receive? Is it really going to meet our need? And so allow God to always direct us to reaching out for the, one, the right thing. Okay, 
Moving on. Everyone smile at me very quickly. If I could take you to uh, Mark 10.45, it says, The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. 1 John 4.17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. This is a very radical model of leadership that Jesus Christ introduced, which was a servant leader. And he demonstrated this by washing his disciples' feet. He wanted them to understand that it's not actually about being a leader, but it's being a servant. And if you serve, you will lead. It is actually the way that it's upside down in secular thinking. When we receive Jesus into our lives, we actually receive mission into our lives. Jesus Christ is mission. And so it's not one or the other, we receive both. So this is the other side. Freely we receive, freely we must give. And the giving is that we are on mission now in his purpose. If we don't engage with that mission, it will limit our receiving. Can you see that today? It is in the context of him sending out his disciples into specific places. When they went to those places, they returned, the Bible says, with joy. The reason they were joyful, they realised when they did exactly what Jesus asked them to do, they had success. When they went to the specific locations he assigned to them, they had success. When we are completely connected to the purpose of God, when we go to the places that God has assigned for us, we have all authority in that place. If you've been called to be a connect group leader, when you lead that connect group, you have all authority in leading that connect group. If you've been called into a business role, you'll have all authority in that business role. You hear what I'm saying? If you're a stay-at-home mum, you have all authority in that role. It is just simply by being in the place that Jesus has assigned for us. You've gone awfully quiet. Are you with me? So, a lack of joy often in our life is because of a lack of mission. If there is an absence of joy, it may be because the devil or something has stopped us from engaging in the mission that God has for us. Freely you have received, freely give in Jesus' name. What is mission? It's God sending out the whole church into the whole world with the whole gospel. And it's to meet the spiritual, physical and social needs of humanity. Luke 10 is a fantastic example of what it's all about. In Luke 10, we also read about the disciples being sent out. We also read about the parable of the Good Samaritan where there is a guy that has used his own uh, finances to restore someone to health. And I believe that this is a very good illustration of what the church is all about. We should pray for the sick, but we should also invest our resources to help those people that need to get back on their feet as Silverwater does so very well in Jesus' name. If one claps, we all clap. It's in the Bible. If one rejoices, we all rejoice. If one weeps, we all weep. If one claps, we all clap. So one clap, let's all clap now together in Jesus' name. Very good. Our aim is always to preach the gospel. As the leader of the Beyond and the missions for Oxford Falls and the campuses, the aim is always to preach the gospel. Now, we will freely give, but we'll also expect to freely receive. So we're not giving with strings attached, but at the same time, when the opportunity arises, we will not compromise on preaching or sharing the gospel to anyone that has an ear to hear in Jesus' name. 
There's a girl like Nicole Adler, who is uh, the CAP Centre Manager, not only for Oxford Falls, but here now. She's over here as well, helping out Silverwater. When Nicole was a CAP client, and she was in a very destitute situation. Her husband was abusive. He was a gambler. He had racked up big debits on her credit cards, left her with those debts, and she ended up seeking out help through CAP and had nowhere else to turn. And so she ended up, uh, she was, it was projected that she would take seven years to actually pay off her debts. She actually paid them all off in 18 months. She got saved and somehow God started working miracles in her life. So within 18 months, she was completely and utterly debt-free. She won the National Award for the Overcomer of the Year at the CAP Awards on that particular year. And now she is not only a person that was a victim, but now she is a leader and an influencer and helping other people that were exactly in the same place. This is wonderful because this is a person that has learned to freely receive and now they're freely giving. And I can tell you, she is one happy woman because her life is on purpose in Jesus' name. This is awesome. Okay, last passage of scripture. It's a little bit long. Everyone smile. That's good. Just got to work on that happiness today. Luke 14, 16 to 23. It's eight minutes past. I should have checked this earlier. Eight minutes past 11. We finish at 20 past. 2025. You heard it from Pastor. He said, take another 20 to 25 minutes. <laughs> no, that's not what he said. Okay. Luke 16 to 23. This is a passage of scripture which is about the church and it's about going out and basically compelling people to come in to the house of God. But what I really want to focus on here is the servant in this passage of scripture because it really is, there's some characteristics we can learn from this that are going to be very helpful for you and I. And it says, Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. What is the church? It is a great banquet. It's a great supper. That's the picture of the church. And that's the way we ought to be seeing it. We ought to be speaking about it. It's the way that we ought to carry it in our spirit because then we become attractive to people to come into the house of God. And he invited many and he sent his servant out at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have brought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I don't know what you expect to see when you've got a piece of ground. But anyway, I ask you to have me excuse. Another said, I have brought uh, five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. Well, I think you should have tested them before you purchased them. But anyway, whatever you like. Um, I asked you to have me excuse. Still another said, I have married a wife. Now, this is a reasonable excuse. <laughs> and therefore, I cannot come. Well, I would imagine that the honeymoon was over, so, you know, I don't know. But out of the three, I'd say, okay. Half reasonable, but anyway. <laughs> so that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Is there room in this place? Then we ought to be continuing to go out and I can 
I mean, I'm sure that most of you can see this place filled like we saw at the Christmas Spectacular. Why can't that be like every Sunday morning and why not only once have it at least twice on a Sunday that this place is filled in Jesus' name? Can you see that today? Okay, so what we see here is the servant. You and I, the servants here. Firstly, servants see clearly because we're not inward focused, we're outward focused. Now, let me just say here quickly, um, freedom is not without boundaries. It's not about giving and spending your life so that you've got nothing left over and that you burn out. It's not like that. Freedom has boundaries. We must maintain boundaries. It's a spirit. It's a spirit to freely receive and it's a spirit to freely give and it's within boundaries, okay? Open spaces, basically, you'll be in bondage. But when we're on that narrow path, there is complete freedom. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's sort of like different to the way that the world would see. Have whatever you want, whenever you want, and of course that will ultimately always lead to bondage. But freedom does have those boundaries. If we seek to serve people, we won't be quick to judge them. That's a great thing. When I get, you know, self-focused, I can get critical. And I don't like getting critical because it leads into getting into a place of judgment and that's not healthy. But if we stay in a place where we're posturing ourselves to serve, we will start to see people, what really is going on in their life. There was a story about a man at a railway station. His two kids, he was just waiting for a train, his two kids were screaming and carrying on and causing a massive disturbance, a crowded platform, and someone just got upset, had enough, and went over this, to this man and he says, hey, can you control your kids? They are so annoying. And he said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We're just coming home from their mother's funeral. And I'm sorry. So you see what I'm saying here is that it's easy to make a judgment about someone being a negligent father when actually we don't actually know the full story of what actually is happening in their life. Kerry has influenced people, young people into the house of God. She was at Pittwater High School. She was there basically to look after the kids that were the most, you know, the ones that were at risk, but also some that were wild. They were just, you know, really in, in a bad place. And most of the teachers would see these kids as an interruption to them carrying on what they needed to actually try to achieve. Kerry understood where they were coming from. She just tried to understand their heart. And now we have people in our church today because of that that, that position where she did not choose to judge them but actually try to understand them and now they're following Jesus Christ. They've gone on to run businesses, these two girls, they've gone on to run successful businesses, they're getting married, I'm actually performing one of the weddings this year and it's just a great outcome. But anyway, the point is servants see clearly. We can understand the other person's perspective. Second thing, we, what we read from this passage is servants hear the voice of God. He spoke to the servants. Servants can hear the voice of God. Only servants are sent out. Who did the master send out? He sent out the servants. People with an agenda go out, but the servants are sent out. It's a fundamental difference because they're there to serve and not to actually for their own particular needs. The third thing that we see is that they were sent at supper time. Everyone say supper time. So they actually understand the timing of God. So it's also a going out at the right time. There is people 
that uh, we will come across and it's not the right time for their lives. But there's others that it is. And so it's also discerning that time. But it starts by just simply being a servant. A servant is always looking to God for new instructions. When it didn't work the first time, they didn't give up. They're there to serve. They're going to make it happen. If we don't get to a full church in 2015, we don't give up. We don't move somewhere else because we're here to serve the purpose of God. We're aligned to the vision of this church. And so we'll, we'll stay and remain until it actually comes to pass. So when it didn't happen, they went back and asked for new instructions. And so then God told them, he says, go out quickly. Servants will move quickly. Everyone say, move quickly. They initiate what needs to be done. And then they could see a new harvest. They could see poor or insecure people hurting, those that are abused, crippled, struggling to cope in life, the blind, people with no vision, no hope, because they haven't had the entrance of the word come into their life. And if you need to go to Bible college, you should go to Bible college. If there is a person like this leading that college, I would be there very quickly. Great anointing on your life. And so servants also carry the house in their heart. They don't deliver an invitation. They are an invitation. There was a guy, um, you most probably know Kevin Norton. You obviously know Kevin Norton. Um, Kevin Norton is married now. They have a child. They're back in Holland. But I came across Kevin five years ago. It was between Christmas and New Year. Not a great time for a pastor to be asked to do anything. It's Christmas and New Year, you know, it's time for a bit of downtime, a bit of rest and relaxation. And we were coming back from the shops on our push bikes and I actually fell over as I was trying to negotiate, you know, getting onto the path and uh, Kerry didn't see me, but uh, I quickly tried to stand up and there's this foreign guy trying to help me up. I said, no, it's okay, you know, that manly pride kicked in straight. Oh, yeah, I'm okay, buddy. <laughs> and so, thank you, thank you, I'm okay. Um, and so I rode on and then, you know, we got into our front yard and I turned around and next thing I know, this guy's standing in my driveway. I thought, yeah? <laughs> Don't you know it's between, I'm a pastor and it's between Christmas and New Year? And it's, no, no, I didn't think, say that. <laughs> I said, yes, can I help you? And he said, oh, my car's broken down and immediately the blood just drained from my face. I thought, oh, no, <laughs> he wants help. <laughs> And he says, my car's broken down. He says, do you know if there's a, you know, like a service station nearby? I said, well, there's one just up the road, but it's going to be closed. I said, it's between Christmas and New Year. Everything is shut. <laughs> and um, immediately I thought, God say, just help him. Just, just, just work it out for him. So uh, I said, okay, jump in the car. We'll go find a place. And so we went down to Monobol and that gave us time to talk. And so, you know, he's traveling, you know, he's very open spiritually, like a lot of travelers are. And, you know, I, he starts telling me a few, you know, out there sort of ideas. And I thought, that's awesome, you know. And uh, I said, have you ever, you know, been involved in church? And, uh, you know, we start getting into this conversation. And then he finds out that I'm a pastor. And he said, oh, that's amazing. And uh, I said, yeah, you should come on New Year's Eve. You should be there. You'll love it. He said, okay, I'll come. So he ended up coming on New Year's Eve, we got his car fixed and off he went, exchanged details, came on New Year's Eve and got saved. 
which was fantastic. But it was only the beginning because then he started traveling and then he came across some weird people that were half Christian. You know, and it normally happens. They're half Christian and then half in other places, which is often the case. And, you know, but we just kept communicating. But eventually he went back to Holland, got connected to C3 Amsterdam, then out to a church plant, came back to Sydney, did Bible college. And last year I actually joined him, him and his fiancée. He met a girl in that journey of uh, receiving Christ. In fact, it was when he was baptized. He came out of the water and instead of, you know, seeing a dove come from heaven, he saw an angel on the banks of that river, which was his future wife. He looked across and he thought, wow, for, for this, I would leave mum and dad. <laughs> so she also got the revelation and came out to Sydney. They lived in separate accommodation. It's all good. And uh, she came to Bible college and then they got joined together and now they've got a baby. All because of a moment of serving just a small moment of serving, that was the bridge that was necessary. I mean, God was on this guy's case. He had actually written in Dutch, uh, faith, hope and love. You know, it was something he wrote down. He got some sort of inspiration to write this before he met me. And then he arrived at our church and saw on the wall, faith, hope, love. I mean, it was a great setup, but it still required. The bridge is just simply a small act of service. Can you hear me today? If we posture, yeah, give the Lord a hand clap. If we posture ourselves to just simply serve, just to be open, what is needed in a given situation at time, amazing adventures happen, amazing stories happen, and it's just so exciting. There's nothing more satisfying than being engaged in the purpose of God with other people's lives. Abraham Lincoln, and I'll finish on this, because it is 20 past now, by the way, Hartley. Just felt like seeing... Do you think I could walk straight out from here? <laughs> uh, maybe not. Okay. Okay, we'll do that next time. Um, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, there's a story about him being at a slave auction and there were people being sold off, African-Americans, being sold off into slavery and there was a particular girl there that uh, Abraham Lincoln decided that he would pay for her and so he paid the price that was being asked at the auction and then she came to him and, you know, she came obviously with, you know, concern and questioning in her eyes about what he was going to do with her and basically what he did was said, look, what I want to do for you is to give you your papers and I want you to know that you are free. And so she was astonished. She said, does that mean I can say what I want? Absolutely. Does that mean I can go where I want? Absolutely. Does that mean I can do what I want? Absolutely. You're a free woman as of right now. And she said, if that's the case, then I choose to serve you for the rest of my life. It is the same way for you and I. When we fully understand that we have received Jesus, free gift, the greatest prize you could possibly have, the bonanza of all bonanzas, the absolute lottery. We fully receive Jesus when we have that free understanding, that revelation that we have received him. The only natural response is, then I will serve you for the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Can you say amen?
Freely receive, freely give. Please bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. I would just like to do a couple of invitations for prayer. The first invitation is for those people that are here today that maybe you haven't received Jesus by a prayer, by actually going through saying these words that you're actually inviting him into your life. If that's you today, I would love the honour to lead you in a prayer that you can know for sure that you have received Jesus into your life. That it's not just some knowledge in your head, but you actually have an experience of salvation, something tangible that can happen for you right here, right now. And there could be some people here today that you've gone off track. You're turning up to church, maybe occasionally, maybe regularly, but the thing is you know that you've just been going about life on your own terms and your own agenda. And I would love to give you an opportunity also to come back today, to say, today, Pastor Jake, I want to make a decision to commit myself again to Jesus Christ. I want to receive afresh into my heart what he has done for me, and I want to commit myself to follow him. If that's you, I would love to pray for you as well. Maybe there's some people you're just not sure about where you stand before God. I'd love to pray for you as well. If, if that applies to anyone here today, and I know that there'll be at least three or four people that this applies to, what I would like you to do, I'm going to just simply count to three. When I say three, without any hesitation, put up your hand and say, Pastor Jake, please pray for me. That's me. I want to receive Jesus. I want to commit myself back to Jesus. I want to get assurance in my heart. If that's you today, when I count the three, just put up your hand. Let me pray for you. Give me that privilege today. One, two, three. Just lift up your hand. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Is there anyone else that would like to be included in this prayer? I think there's someone else here. Your heart's racing and you really need to respond. Just do that right now. The person next to you can't help you. Only Jesus can. It's a simple prayer. I'd love to lead you in that prayer. If that's you, just put up your hand right now. If there's anyone else beside those people that have already lifted up their hand. Fantastic. Fantastic. For, for the people that have put up your hand, what I would like you to do is to be brave and just meet me at the front. We're all going to stand up together, but don't stay in your seat. Just come out and meet me at the front. And I would love to pray for you personally and lead you in this prayer. We're all going to be here clapping and encouraging you. And this is very important because when we own a decision publicly, we really own that decision. It's the same as marriage. We get married before witnesses. The same way that we do this, we just come and do this prayer before witnesses. So that's you. Come forward, those people that have put their hand. If you could all stand up and give them an encouraging clap. Just come. If there's someone with them, someone with them, come along. Fantastic. Just come. If there's anyone else that would like to join these guys, would you like to come, sweetie? I have to go like this because I've got a sore hand. How are you? Good. What's your name? Mary. Lucia. Good to see you guys. What's your name, sweetie? Hey? Ipana. That's an awesome name. If there's anyone else that would like to join them, I just realised how short I am. You know, I see Gordon here and, uh, you know, I can't see anyone else in the background there now. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> Fantastic. This is your moment. This is your prayer. 
And so I'm just going to give you the words to say. So just say these words from your heart. And this is a, a prayer that you are making personally to God. And so I want you to just focus on God as you understand him. He's a loving father. He's for you. He's 100% with you right now. The Holy Spirit is here to touch your lives. So just say this prayer from your heart. Close your eyes if you like. Look away to our Father in heaven and say these words. Dear Father, I stand before you this day. I ask that you forgive me for going my way and not your way. Today I receive Jesus Christ into my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you laid down your life for my life. Thank you, Jesus. I receive you. I commit my life into your hands. Today I choose to follow you all the days of my life. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Strengthen me that I can walk in your ways each and every day for your glory and your honour. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. Father, I thank you. Yeah, let's give the Lord. Father, I thank you for her. I thank you for Stefano. I thank you, Lord, for her life. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're touching her. In the name of Jesus, bless her. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for Barry. Thank you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Make this so real to him. I pray that when he wakes up tomorrow, that uh, your presence would overshadow him, Lord God, that he would know the reality of Jesus. Oh, in the name of Jesus, bless your daughter, Lord God. Thank you, Father, that she would also wake up tomorrow just with the reality of what's transpired in this place, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap here. There's some, there's some people behind you that want to just talk to you for a minute. And uh, there's a guy that's almost got as big as muscles as you do. But uh, he's a little bit taller, so that sort of like balances things out. It looks like my body in front of me. Could you take it for a run and exercise this afternoon? Yeah, thank you. Hey, great to meet you, Barry. And what's happened here is just awesome. And uh, for whatever reason you came forward, I know it's very significant, very important. And today is going to be beginning. It's all okay. Today is going to be the beginning of a brand new season for your life, the best season ever in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Fantastic. Just remain standing. If uh, what I'd like you to do is just simply this: if you want to. Um, if you've been challenged in receiving, you know, if there's been some blockages, if you believe that there's some blockages, I just want you to put up your hand and say, I want to be included in this prayer. Today, I'm going to get this thing shifted off my life. Those chains that have been holding things back, they're going to be broken in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, you know, you've also been challenged in giving, then I want you to also lift up your hand. If you just simply want to offer yourself once again as a servant of Jesus Christ, 
a person that has outward focus, a person that is here to serve the vision of this house, to serve the purpose of God in this community. I want you to lift up your hands as well and say, Pastor Jake, I am part of that army. I am going to be a servant of God Almighty. I want to live my best life and that's going to happen right now in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you, Lord God. I declare in the name of Jesus that every person that has been hindered in receiving, we break those chains in Jesus' name. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come upon each one right now. Revelation would flood their heart, their minds as they look into the Word of God. Lord God, there will be the entrance of light into their soul. There will be the entrance of light into their spirit, Lord God. Chains break off their lives in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God. We offer ourselves as a reasonable service, Lord God, in view of your mercy, God. In view of the great prize of receiving Jesus, we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, Lord God, for your purposes, Lord God, so that we may not be limited or hindered, but enter our best life, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, for the glory of Jesus, for the honour of Jesus. Come on, let's thank him today. Fantastic. God bless you. Pastor Jake, what a powerful word. We love having you here. It's awesome. Hey, the presence of God God is still here. Why don't we sing one more song before we close here today? Let's sing Worthy is the Lamb.